On January 30th, 2022, Raymond Weber of Vacaville, California, appeared on Instagram Live for 30 minutes with two women on camera with him. Both women appeared to be laying down, possibly sleeping, but they were in fact dead. So a lot of cases that we've run into and also covered have dealt with um, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and just live streaming platform deaths in general. And so um, this case today, in fact, deals with a lot of that. So um, thanks so much for joining us for episode two of season two of The Point of No Return. My name is Amanda Washington. And I'm Michelle A. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We back. Um, <laughs> so this episode is um, about a double homicide that took place again in Vacaville, California. And um, it took place in an apartment building called the Rocky Hills Veteran Apartments. So as you can imagine, this apartment building is only for veterans. Um and the one the loved ones that they lived with so obviously we can tell already that somebody in this story is a vet somewhere um and i'll get to that in a second so the victims in this story are 26 year old savannah um Fayberge. i i got a lot of different pronunciations of her last name so we're just going to go with that and then um the other victim is actually a 15 year old young woman and um her name was of course, protected and redacted from a lot of articles and news clippings because she is a minor. Um, however, y'all know the point of no return found her name, but I ain't sharing it on here. Um, but again, they haven't publicly said her name. The only thing that we know is that she went to Elk Grove High School. Are you familiar with Elk Grove? Yeah, my mom used to live in Elk Grove. So it's okay. kind of in the south area of Sacramento. All right. So that's that's where she went to um, to high school. Mm-hmm. So the Instagram live video um, showed both women life lifeless bodies laying naked on the floor while Raymond Weber, who is um, our perpetrator in this story, he was holding a gun. And so this video was about 30 minutes long um, on Facebook, excuse me, on Instagram live. And a lot of people chimed in and actually saw the video. And it was actually up on YouTube um, for quite some time after um, he was, you know, captured and things of that nature. And people all over um, the U.S. were able to see it, especially in this area. And you said you saw it, right? I saw it when like the around the time it was actually happening, I saw clips of it because it was in the news, but I didn't watch the full 30 minutes. I didn't get access to that. I didn't try looking for it either. But yeah, I saw what he looks like and what like the background looked like. Okay. All right. So just um, so we can kind of hear it. I am going to play about a two minute clip of um, him with the young women and I'll show the video. But of course, their their bodies are blurred out. So we can't see that. Um, But you can see him visibly in the video. So. Hold on just one second. Let me share my screen with you. Gotta set me up. As in Marcus and Shetty P trying to be killed, dog. As in Marcus wanna have me killed, you know? Try to see me. Me, 
And so I'll cut it there. But um, a lot of what he said, he just repeated and he kept saying that he was set up. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, you know, as you can see in the video, picked up one of the um, the young lady's lifeless hands. You can tell that there's literally no life at all. It was limp. Um but he actually got on Instagram live and, you know, showed these women's lifeless bodies while he was carrying his gun. He showed us the bullets, everything. Um, but the interesting thing is in this 30 minute span, he never mentioned actually murdering them. He just kept saying how he was set up. And, you know, this is our last time seeing him on Instagram, so on and so forth. So go I ahead. I think it's so interesting watching it again. I just got chills. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I remember seeing this video without the blur. So when it first surfaced, of course, people weren't blurring out the bodies. But in yeah. in the grand scheme of things, in the beginning, people didn't realize that the girls were dead. Um, people thought that they were either passed out, thought they were on drugs, something of that nature. But automatically, when I saw the gun, I'm like, oh, he killed them. Yeah. But even, even without it being blurred out, it wasn't apparent if they had any gunshot wounds. So I wasn't even sure when I first watched it if he had shot him in the head or what of that nature because they were mm-hmm. like slumped over. So you couldn't, you couldn't see like the front orientation of their bodies. Um, but I also didn't know one of the victims was 15. That's. Ugh. Yeah. And a lot of people at first assumed that they were both, you know, um, women who were in their twenties, but mm-hmm. one of them in fact was, was 15. So mm-hmm. you hear him um, shout the names Shuddy P and Uzzy Marcus. Mm-hmm. So, um, Uzzy Marcus is actually a local rapper <laughs> in the Sacramento area, but it's also his biological brother. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point, he's now saying that his brother and um, another man have set him up and set him up for what he didn't say, but he is alluding to the fact that they set him up. Um, so to me, well, I don't said, know. He, he said in the video, they try to get me killed. Like they set me up. So it's like, to to get killed by those two young ladies or he doesn't he doesn't like go more in detail but he kept saying like yeah, yeah his brother set him up correct um so i don't know if he's paranoid i don't know if he's on drugs but just like seeing him from this point and then of course already having seen the video a few years ago like what what is your take on his disposition like what do you what do you think is going on with him do you think he's high do you think he's manic do you think he's okay um, and he's just crazy. Like, what? What do you? What do you think he is? I'm gonna always assume somebody on drugs. His eyes, like in the original video, like his eyes were dilated to me, and also he kept looking over his shoulder. Like, if you notice, he kept looking t- to the back of that, mm-hmm. um, to that back door to see like if someone was coming. So I do believe that he didn't go there that night planning to kill those women. Like, yeah. And he also tries to allude to the fact that, you know, he doesn't say he killed them, but like he took action because he assumed he was getting set up which yeah i, I never followed up on, fo- on on seeing what happened after that but um i don't know like this this story baffled me when i first when i first seen it I, carrying a gun wasn't surprising to me that he had the gun mm-hmm. in the video like none of none of that stuff was surprising to me but like initially watching it my first thought was like oh maybe the everybody maybe they're all on drugs and the girls are passed out and then now he was on instagram live talking about something that correlated with his brother mm. like thinking his brother some set him up i i didn't in the beginning like correlate the fact that the two women were were potentially dead because because they were working in cahoots with his brother who he believes set him up um so yeah i really thought it was a case of he was off that lsd or something of that nature and yeah. he started instagram live you could tell by the way he's talking to that he does instagram lives often 
Um, and a lot of people in the comments were like, when when it first initially happened, like a lot of people in the comments were like, hey, bro, you good? Like, what's up? Like, don't do this. Like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like, similar to the other cases we've covered with, you know, involving Facebook Live or some type of social media live. But yeah, those are my initial thoughts. Okay. Um, so now I'm just going to go over some like quotes and things that happen during this 30 minute span of the video. So of course, even in the video that we just heard, you can also hear him saying like, they got, they got this bitch surrounded. And the crazy thing is the coppers weren't even there yet. Like Mm -hmm. the police didn't get there until after the Facebook live video was over, Mm -hmm. excuse me, Instagram live video was over because a neighbor saw it and was like, uh, what's going on and called the police. So he was obviously, you know, paranoid, out of his mind, whatever. Um, so he says the police are going to come in and they're going to, and I'm going to get them. So he's also indicating like, if the police come here, it's me or them. And I feel like that's also what he was alluding to when his quote said, this is the last time y'all will see me. He already knew, like, this might be the end for me. I'm probably going to die today as well. Absolutely. Um, so that that part was was really interesting to me. And again, he's now alluding to the fact that his brother, well, he's not alluding to it. He straight up said it, that his brother set him up. Um, so I just like have to do a little bit more digging on the brother because I'm like, is him and his brother homies? Like, what's the tea? But the crazy thing is when his brother set him up, allegedly, his brother was already in jail. Jail. Mm-hmm. So not that you can't set people up from jail because it happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But um. I'm going to play a clip a little bit later on of his brother and his brother's like, yeah, I was in jail. I don't know what that man's talking about, but you know, best of luck to him type of thing. Um, was he the veteran? Was he the vet? Who his brother? No, was the the perpetrator. Was he the vet? Yes. Raymond Weber is the vet. He's the vet. So he was in, yes, he was in the air force. Um, they didn't have much about his involvement with being, um, in the air force but i do know he wasn't you know enlisted at the current time or anything like that but um another like crazy thing that i'll come across also later on um in this case is the police as well as the city of sacramento um and some other like surrounding places in solana county solano Mm -hmm. county is that what it is solano Mm -hmm. um they actually used this particular housing development at first for like homeless slash at risk um, vets. So Mm -hmm. he probably already was struggling whenever he got out and then he was housed here. Yeah. Um, So according to the prosecutors in this case, Raymond shot his victims um, to death during the, like this is verbatim what was in the court records. Okay. Um, He shot his victims to death during the commission of rape. So that means that they were raped, killing Mm -hmm. them in a manner that's especially heinous, atrocious, and manifesting exceptional depravity, and that the killings were committed to prevent his lawful arrest. So for raping them. So he raped them and then he killed them to prevent them from telling on, from them telling that he he raped them. Yes. How about we just also no. I feel like there's more and that could be what the setup is like. Yeah. They, they had something on him, whatever it was like when mm-hmm. we get to theories, the theories are going to, are going to be like just so bizarre because I started, you know, web sleuthing as well as Twittering and like mm-hmm. some of the stuff that pe- the people were saying on web sleuth and Twitter just like blew my mind. So we'll, we'll get there in a second. Okay. Um. So the police went to the complex again because a woman who lived in Raymond's complex actually saw the live stream and she called the police to come here, um, to come there. So 
they ended up doing like a wellness check to make sure that those women in the video were in fact alive and that everything was okay. Mm -hmm. But again, this um, particular complex was formerly used for homeless vets as well as low income families. Mm -hmm. So when the offer, um, the officers actually arrived and discovered what was going on, they now were at a standoff with Raymond, which he had already said basically in the video he was going to do like, when they come in here, I'm guns blazing as well. Like they, they gonna have to come get me because I'm not like surrendering, essentially. So they had the SWAT team, they had negotiators, all of that kind of stuff at the crime scene. It was so big, in fact, that the whole building had to be evacuated. And there was an eight hour standoff with him and the police mm-hmm. until they actually got into his apartment. So what they um did was they distracted him and they also used chemical agents so I'm assuming tear gas and you know those Mm -hmm. kind of bombs and stuff they put inside of his apartment and eventually um they had a little struggle with him but they tased him and they were able to take him into custody Mm -hmm. so they said when they took him into custody he was in whatever the back room um was of his apartment okay so um I I want to talk quickly about the victims because you know even though we are talking about the crime And we're going to find out a little bit more about Raymond. I feel like it is really important to highlight the victims um, because their lives were taken. Mm -hmm. And for something that seems honestly kind of senseless because he was off his rocker and probably paranoid. Mm -hmm. So um, the first victim who was the 26 year old young lady, um, Savannah, she was originally from Utah. So um, her mother told CBS news that she was actually engaged to Raymond. So this wasn't just like, a random man that she was with. This was her fiance that she was planning to marry. And so also in my um in my research, which you'll see in our case file, he had gotten her a nice ring. Like I'm talking about, I mean, it was a cluster. I don't really prefer a cluster ring, but it was iced out. Yeah, it had a, lo- a lot of little baby diamonds in there. Yeah. Um. So they, they were really and truly engaged. It was photos of them together, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So... She was living in Utah. She was originally from Georgia. That's where her mother lived as well. But she called her mom one day from Utah like, hey, this is my boyfriend. We're getting engaged. Here's the ring. Here's some pictures of us, all kinds of stuff. And she told him that she was moving to California to be with him. Mm -hmm. So Savannah's mother also said that the last time she spoke to her was the week of um, January 18th. So she spoke with her maybe about 10 days before she was actually murdered. Mm -hmm. So she was murdered on January 30th, 2021. And the last time she spoke to her was on January 18th, 2021. Gotcha. Um, So she told him, she told her mom that she was going to California to meet him and I will not meet him, but meet his family and, you know, kind of get acclimated to life in California outside of Utah, because he had been in Utah with her for a little while um, as well. So, um, her mom was able to identify her body from afar just based off of the videos that she saw on social media. Mm. So, so she knew before she knew she knew that was her daughter that was on that was on the floor dead before police were able to contact her, right? Yeah. And I'm assuming so from from this quote alone that I'm gonna that well, I'm gonna paraphrase from what I read. So Savannah's mom said that the mother of the 15-year-old victim is who reached out to her. And she said, hey, I don't know if they've been able to identify your daughter yet, but I believe that this is your daughter who died with my daughter in this Facebook Live video. Here it is. And then that's when the mom saw it. And she was like, yeah, that is my daughter. She was able to identify her off of her tattoos that were on her arms. Mm. So for that 15-year-old's mom to call that woman, that 15-year-old and Savannah has some kind of connection. Yeah, I I was just about to ask, how do they know each other? 
they had to have some kind of connection for and, and then I'm like the age gap is so big like an 11 year difference I'm like why was y'all kicking it and how, how did y'all both Raymond? end up in this man's house and how old was Raymond Raymond was 29 Raymond was 29 Savannah 26 the 15 year old 15 yes yeah Raymond was almost was double that woman double her age, age. I don't want to go off on a rocker with a theory right now, but maybe he was thinking Savannah brought the 15 year old over there to engage in sexual activity without him knowing that she was 15 and then get him caught up in some way, somehow that way. Mm, I think these trying to set me up. No, seriously, but I need more details. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm okay. listening. I'm listening. But I'm like, if they didn't know each other, that she was deaf. The girl, the 15 year old was definitely brought there with a purpose. Yeah. She wasn't there so, just kicking it. At all. So Savannah's mom thinks that she was manipulated a lot by Raymond, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and the other really awful thing is at the time of Savannah's death, she also had a four-year-old son. So she was a mother to a four-year-old son. Where was he when this happened? In Utah with his father. Thank God. So speaking of the father, it's also Savannah's ex-boyfriend slash baby daddy. His name is Brady. Mm -hmm. And so CBS Sacramento actually caught up with him and got to do an interview with him. And um, he described Savannah as a great person who was very selfless and very loving. Um, and he said that he had a really difficult time trying to explain to their son, you know, basically that his mom is never coming back. Right. Um, so Brady was quoted saying he just turned four. He really doesn't understand exactly what happened um, and what this means for him for the rest of his life. So just just really awful um yeah so of course now there is a little boy without a mother so next um on to our 15 year old young lady and i'm just like i hate the fact that we can't use a name because mm -hmm. she she deserves a name um but anyway um the 15 year old went to elk grove high school and um again because she's a minor we're not going to um identify her but um, if you look good enough, you'll be able to find out who she is. So I, I'll just leave y'all with that tidbit. Y'all ain't going to find it out for me. But you I'm not. something else. <laughs> you know, you can go look on your own. So um, in the interesting thing about this case is like from January into March of 2021, there was so much information about it. But it was like regurgitated information. It was the same information. Mm -hmm. And then they had like an article or two in 2022 but outside of that, it's like this case almost went dry, like cold. Nobody has been talking about it. Like it, it, it almost blew my mind. So to, to be honest, I don't even think I, I didn't follow up on it. Um, I did hear about it like the night it was happening. Yeah. My sister had seen it and then I had, you know, caught wind of some videos. I can't remember if I, I, I actually went to his page in real time or not, mm -hmm. but um, I assumed when he was in the standoff with police that he was going to die there. I'm actually thoroughly surprised that he didn't that die he there. Survived, but there yeah. also wasn't any reports of him actually shooting at police. Right? There was a struggle. Yeah, he didn't. Once it they was got a struggle, the... but he didn't shoot at police. Right. So I, I, I remember personally myself not looking back into it because I just, I guess I made up the ending in my head. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you an ending, but not yet. The, the, the real one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's actually believed by police that the 15 year old young lady was being sex trafficked. Mm, so okay, um sense. i wouldn't be surprised so but the thing is they don't really have much evidence outside of that it was just based off of the assumption mm -hmm. because of her age and of course because of the and other two's age mm -hmm. yeah 
So um, they couldn't make any connection for Raymond and Savannah to any type of sex trafficking outside of this theory. Not for my research. And I think because the case is still ongoing, a lot of this, a lot of these details they have not released yet because he hasn't been to trial right. yet. Right. And I this happened two alive. years ago. Yep. It's been, it's been two years last month, two years last month, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, two it's years, a, a few days ago. Yeah. Well, it's, we're, it's very by the time fresh. y'all hear this, by the time y'all hear <laughs> this, it won't be that, but. <laughs> It'll be two and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, that that's correct. So um, I found some quotes. Um, there is a CEO. Her name is Beth Hassett. She owns a nonprofit called Weave, mm-hmm. and they work with sex, um, sexual assault survivors. And basically, she was saying that the first encounter with sex trafficking for most young women or young men is um, at age 12 to age 14. So this is right around, you know, the 15 year old's age range. And so um, her quote also said, if the person has a much older boyfriend, that's one thing. If they're coming home with new shoes, getting their hair done, their fingernails, and if they have long swaths swaths of time where they skip school or any of those signs, more than more than likely they're being sex trafficked. Like somebody is trying to groom them and lure them into whatever that sex trafficking world is and then, you know, set them out to be pimped out essentially. So I thought that that was um, super important to note because um, the interesting thing about this 15 year old is when I researched her name, the first thing that came up was that she was missing. Mm. Okay. So she went missing a year prior or about a year prior at the end of 2019 there was an Amber Alert out for her and everything when she was 14 years old. What? So she'd already been missing for a year by the time she was dead. Well, she was missing and then she was found. Okay. Found when? Uh, about a month after she went missing, she, went she missing. was found. Okay. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. But her parents okay. deemed her a runaway. Right. right. So they said that she had ran away from home. She was missing all the other stuff. She resurfaces. Okay. Then in a year after that, she gets murdered by Raymond Weber. With, yeah. Yeah. In his house. So it's just crazy. So and there's no reports uh, of what happened in that month span she was gone. No. So her parents thought that she was with her boyfriend, but all I could find when she was found was that she was found safe. And then they gave the background, excuse me, the background of her being missing for this amount of time. She was 14 years old. She went to Elk Grove High School. Who was her boyfriend? Um, I don't know. They didn't say his name either. But the thing is his they didn't say his name because he was 16. So mm-hmm. her boyfriend was around her but age. He was around her age. Time. Okay. Yeah. But it also makes me think, you know, they didn't, they, they speculated that she was with the boyfriend. They didn't know. They that never said time. it was a fact that she was with the boyfriend. So Have honestly. Started... Sorry. Hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so honestly, to me, the sex trafficking, the grooming, all of that stuff is dating back to even 2019 before she got murdered in 2021. Have you started watching the new season of Truth Be Told? Yes, but I haven't gotten past episode two. Okay, I just wanted to, you don't even need to get past it. But the premise of like this case, like is exactly what's happening in the show right now with the girl. She was a runaway. What She was gone for a few years, though, came back. And then she felt like she owed her clients, like her clients, something from when she was being sex trafficked or when she was being a prostitute. Also, there are really thin lines nowadays to me with prostitution and sex trafficking when you're that, at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. Because are you really able to decide that you're going to embark on prostitution? Um, yeah. 
And, and, and if so, how did you get there? Who did you meet? Who taught you the ropes? How did you get clients? Mm-hmm. That's to me when the sex trafficking comes in. Yeah, because um, you being pimped out for sure. Right. But it was a, it was similar similar situation. She went back to her old ways. Like she says, she she owed favors to her old Johns. That's what they say in the show. They call her clients Johns. And then she wound up dead. Yep. So maybe she did. Maybe. I don't I don't know. What did Savannah do for a living? Uh, she worked at FedEx. Okay, doesn't track. But cool. yeah, I'm like, but she was in Utah. Yeah, she wasn't even in, you know, the she Sacramento moved to area Cali- yet. She hadn't moved to California yet, right? Yeah, not for real, for real. Like, so she was she visiting was... at the time. Essentially, yes. Even more interesting because if she's visiting, you know, Raymond lives there. He's in the he's mm-hmm. in the facility. She visits from time to time, but the 15 year old is a resident of Sacramento. Where did they all link up to start doing what they were yeah. doing or whatever that was? What's the tea here? Hmm. So, of course, like most of our cases, this crime wasn't Raymond's first crime. So prior to the crime in 2021, he was also involved in other crimes. So this dates all the way back to 2006. Wow. And so I took this as Raymond is around, he's he's our peer. He's, he's in our age group. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm like, if he was 29 in 2021, shit, he the same age as me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That means he's probably this year either 30 or 30. turning 31. Yeah. So with that being said, in 06, he was only like 13, 14 years old. Right. He served six years in prison for felony assault in 2006. What'd he do? So, girl, I couldn't find it. So, I don't know if they got that buried because he was a minor. But clearly, uh, I can't even get my words out. He had to have stayed in there until he was, like, you know, 20, 21, something like that, 18. Yeah. I'm just like, they didn't say juvenile whatever. You know, he wasn't juvenile delinquent. He didn't go to a juvenile system or, you know, a juvenile jail. He went to prison as a teenager. So you can only imagine as, you know, your mind is still developing. I don't think your your brain is fully formed and like developed until you're 25. Right. So this is a kid going to prison with crazy adults. Like, yeah, he's going to be fucked up in the head. Right. Right. So. And then he got out and he went into the Air Force. Now that, now that's T. Because I'm how like, do we, how you, how, how do, I didn't even know they let you go into, I didn't know they let you go into the military with the record. And Michelle, like, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. I'm like, that's T. Because when he got out, he was he had to be around 20. And I originally assumed that he enlisted when he was 18, like to refresh out of high school. A lot of black men do that who don't mm-hmm. feel like, you know, they can go they're to, gonna college go to college. Stuff. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe he did his four years and he was in and out, which means he would have been out by 22. But no, now at the very earliest, he could have enlisted. He had to be around 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he was dishonorably discharged, but if he wasn't, he had to be in for at the very minimum four years, which means he was only out of the military for two, three years when this all went, when this all happened. So the plot thickens in May 2014, unless he like you said, unless he got dishonorably discharged while he mm-hmm. was in year one or two, which is what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah. So. In May 2014, he served 90 days in jail for um, a probation violation. And again, a lot of this stuff is all over the place. Like, it's it's a lot of stuff that I could not find. And I was, like I said, web sleuthing. Okay. Um, you, 
do we know for sure he was in the military? Because at this point, well, and that's what I read in an article. It said it said that he was um in the Air Force, but acting also the it, I don't know if they assume that because of the housing that he was in, but also the housing did say that it was um for like at risk vets or whatever, but it did could say homeless people too. Could have been a parent. Yeah, so I'm like, it could have been somebody that he was related to. Who's to say? Tracking. He also, literally at this in, point didn't have time to go to the military because he was in and out of jail. And also he has seven aliases. <laughs> so he could have been using somebody's name. Like, I really don't know. Because let me tell you something. When I first made this case file, I knew him as Anthony Weber. And I was like, why am I not finding enough stuff? So then finally I started seeing Raymond Michael Weber. Then he had like two other names. He had three or four like street names, a rap name, like no. Yeah, he has several names, literally seven aliases. So he went back to jail for 90 days in 2014. Mm -hmm. Then in September, September of 2014, he was sentenced to six months probation after pleading no contest to a second degree felony assault. So felony assault is really his bread and butter. I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is second time going to the slammer for for felony assault. Mm -hmm. So also in 2014. 2014 was his year. Girl. Okay. I crossed last year. That was a highlight of my year. That's when I graduated. From Here college. I am, do to do to do, becoming a Delta, and Raymond is. <laughs> Hello, I'm like getting we was living our it. best college lives, and he was getting to it. So also in 2014, 16 year old Antoine Weber was arrested in Sacramento after a long standoff with the police. Antoine is Raymond's brother. Mm-hmm. Antoine was arrested in connection to the murder of his. Boy, excuse me, not his boyfriend, his brother Raymond's girlfriend. So let me repeat that. Yes. Antoine was arrested in 2014 in connection to the murder of Raymond's then girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So Raymond's girlfriend was 19 year old Nicole Duarte, who was shot in the head by Antoine on March 15th, 2014. She was able. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, Nicole didn't die instantly. She was able to run to a neighbor's house and get help. And so she was picked up by an ambulance, but of course, days later succumbed to her injuries and was pronounced deceased at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So um, Antoine was finally arrested about a month after the murder. And it's believed that Raymond was present during Nicole's murder. So when they actually found Antoine and Raymond, they were at um, somebody who they're affiliates, affiliated with's house. Mm-hmm. And girl, it was a whole party in there. Like the police had busted it up. And um, of course, everybody tried to flee the scene. It was to the point where, they, of course, another standoff that was a few hours long. They said that Antoine was in a crawl space in between the house and like the basement of, of the house. And he was hiding there, hoping that the police wouldn't find him. Shot her in the head. <laughs> he killed the girl. Raymond was clearly there. Clearly in on it because now days later, whatever time span later, he's partying a with month his later. brother. Mm-hmm. So they're they're getting along. There's just too many par- too there's just too many parallels too between when Antoine was arrested and when Raymond was arrested. Like it involves a woman getting shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Involves them getting busted up at a house, involves a standoff, like Yep, same thing. Same thing. What back if, to back. What if Raymond's assumption that his brother set him up? has something to do with that that initial crime i don't know because this is also a different brother 
Oh, it's not the same brother. That no, the other one's name is Marcus. <laughs> so Antoine is his little brother. And and when Antoine did this, he was only sixteen. He was sixteen <sighs> years old when he killed Nicole. He was sixteen. The other brother, his name is Uzzy Marcus, Uzzy and his real name is Marcus. Yes. This brother's name is Antoine. This is his little brother Antoine. I implored. So Antoine is still in jail right now, actually in Vacaville. Um, for why are you saying it like that? <laughs> what is it? Is Vaca? <laughs> yes, and you said emphasis on the Vaca. Like we didn't talk about this. All I can think about is Vaca. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Please my continue. folks in Cali, it's no disrespect. I'm on a learning curve here. So, Michelle, I can get me right. Vacaville, like vacuum. Yeah, it's the it, it's the East Coast to me. Vacaville. <laughs> oh, you see some you see some update on um Instagram. Uzzy Uzi Marcus's uh he was charged. I don't know. He might not have been charged by the time Raymond um Raymond committed his crimes and said that you know uh, you know Marcus set him up. Uzi Marcus got five years and eleven months for his gun charge. And what year was that? This was August two thousand two. Excuse me, 2022. Excuse me. Um, so he'll okay. be out in 2027, end of 2027, maybe sometime. Actually, I uh, he got 11 months as well, so maybe sometime mid 2028. Okay. So he the only one. So they're all in jail. All the siblings are in jail, but he's the only one who didn't kill somebody. <sighs> so I guess he'll be getting out. Yeah, and I'm like, he I need to know more t- about this setup. He was out in 2021 because he did the No Jumper podcast. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if he was out on bail or what. But he was definitely out in 2021 because he did that podcast. Um, So sadly um, enough, it looks like, you know, Raymond probably put Lil Antoine up to, to doing his dirty work to kill Nicole for whatever reason. Um, but at the time of Nicole's death, Raymond was already wanted for a parole violation anyway. And that's why he went to jail, which mm-hmm. is what I read before. Um, also in 2014, like I said, for um, a probation violation. But he only ended up going for 90 days. Like, whatever they had on him for Nicole's murder, they could not make stick. It all went to Antoine. So he never really got convicted in, you know, the murder of her. But obviously, everybody knows, like, boy, using on it, you know? Yeah. Um, so fast forward two years in 2016, um, he was caught with cocaine, and so he pleaded no contest to possession of cocaine. Yeah, there's no fucking way he went to that. He was in the military. Can't be. So outside of all of his murderous affairs and the murder that happened in 2021, his most recent crime was um in the summer of 2020. So what happened in the summer of 2020 is Raymond goes to Utah to go visit um, Savannah. They're having a good time. And on July 18th of 2020, a man actually comes to visit Savannah at her apartment. And so he knocks on the door. No one answers. So the man is like outside calling Savannah to see if she's inside. Savannah, 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 like come outside type of thing. So I don't know if this is an old dude she was dating. That's that's the only thing I can get out of it because I'm like, who beating down somebody's door like that unless that's your man, you know? So right. um, then that's when the man heard a voice and later on they determined that the voice was actually Raymond 
and Raymond was on the other side of the door threatening to kill this man. So, um, of course, the man told the police, duh. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Raymond is said to have ran out of the apartment yelling, I'm going to kill you. He pointed a gun in this man's face and he allegedly hit the man twice. Like he pistol whipped him in the head and then he went back into the apartment. So, Savannah and Raymond actually this is drove the man off. that Savannah wanted to marry. Honey, Savannah wanted him bad, bruh. Had to. You saw him because I'm also thinking like maybe he wasn't exuding any of this behavior in front of her. But no, you've seen it. I don't. What? Pistol whipping? Yeah, no, you're wild. So, um, Savannah and Raymond. is not sexy to me. If I ever am dating someone and they pull out a gun and pistol whip somebody, I am out of there. <laughs> like, you yeah. bet your ass. I'm be like, yeah, babe, that was great. Thanks for the protection. Raw, raw. I'm sneaking out in the night. I'm sneaking out. <laughs> I'm on my gotta go tip. So, um, yes, they drove off b- before police arrived. Um, and then later on, when they actually caught up with Savannah and they were able to question her, and they were like, "Yeah, was that your boyfriend? Like, who was that?" She claimed it was some random man that she met at a bar a few uh, a few hours before. <laughs> But I'm like, the police in Utah was on their best work because somehow they got in contact with Savannah's family and they identified Raymond as Raymond. Like, they were like, no, that's her boyfriend, Raymond. Like, they're the ones who told them, basically. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you got him. Let me tell you why. We try to help this bitch. Yeah, but it was nothing. So now in Utah, there's a warrant out for his arrest. But by this time, they've already made it back to California. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, they was on the run. They was <laughs> on the run, like on some real Bonnie and Clyde type type ish. So, um, a few days later, now they are in Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. They get pulled over. And they actually get stopped. And at the time when they get stopped, Savannah is driving the car. And she's like, oh, this is my boyfriend. I'm just taking him from Utah to California. Um, I'm here to visit his family, blah, blah, blah. And at that time, they actually um, arrest him for something else that's completely different, for an illegal firearm. But somehow he still gets out of jail again. The system. He still gets out of jail again. So... Meanwhile, back in Utah, they're not, you know, they haven't contacted the state of California yet. They're still thinking, I guess, that he's probably in Utah somewhere. Mm -hmm. So um, meanwhile, in Utah, they give um, the victim who got pistol whipped a lineup of photos and he positively, positively IDs Mm -hmm. Raymond. And so now there's a warrant out for his arrest in Mm -hmm. Utah. So um, Raymond was charged in September. Like I said, a possession of a firearm. Um. And the list kind of goes on and on. So he was restricted from possessing a gun and drugs and all of that kind of stuff. But he was still out. <laughs> they, they they let him go out. So um, before I get into the court case and some more stuff, I, I really want to jump into theories because the court case goes really, really quickly. Um, so now we know, you know, these are the crimes outside of the murder that happened at the Rocky Hill apartments that he committed. But theory wise, what do you think happened in that apartment? And why do you think, well, let, let's start with that. What do you think happened in that apartment that led up to a double homicide? 
I'm going to assume there was some sort of sex trafficking involved. And he assumed that Savannah, who was his fiance, was working with his brother. Now, it's interesting to me that um, I've already went ahead and looked at his trial. I, it, it keep getting pushed. It'll be interesting to see what he says in trial about why mm-hmm. he got set up until until we hear that. I guess we're really not going to know because was it Savannah working with his brother that's in jail? Um, Marcus yeah. and setting him up. Was it, um, you know, Marcus wanted him to go down. So he set something in play on the outside and Savannah knew about it and she was playing along or was it like a sex trafficking related thing? I'm not really sure. There's not there. I also am just very intrigued. Like, have y'all looked through phone records? Like, y'all can give us yeah, no like evidence or details before the trial. Like, what's see? Like, what was the communication like between at least Savannah? I'm very intrigued by Savannah and the 15 year old's relationship. Mm-hmm. Just the way they were also laying near each other. I assume like they were sitting next to each other, so they were probably acquainted in some type of way. Yeah. How did they exactly know each other? Um, and when what when's the last time the 15 year old's mom seen her? So, yeah, they were in Vacaville. Vacaville ain't no, ain't no, you know, it's not a bus stop away. It's another city. Like, granted, you know, Raymond's from Sacramento. Um, the fifteen-year-old, you know, she lived. She was from Sacramento. She went to school in Sacramento. Vacaville is not Sacramento. It's a whole nother region. It's probably it could it could take upward forty-five minutes to an hour to get there. Wow. So it's also not an area that you could just get to easily <laughs> from Sacramento. You definitely have to take a car. So. And and for the girl to be in high school, I don't know what what day it was, like if it was a weekday or a weekend or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. But when's the last time her mama heard from her? And what was the communication around her being gone with these people that, I don't know, it sounds like her mom didn't even know. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of factors. And I'm like, the mom could just be used to her being like, I'm out. You know, like, I don't want to say astray, but like just always being in and out because she was already a runaway and doing all this other stuff. Um, so that, that could be, that could be a thing too, but, um, uh, girl, these phones is too smart. I was like, why is my phone had, had this long message girl? Why has it been recording what I've been saying? (laughs) Um, but, um, a, a theory that I saw on Twitter was that Savannah, was actually a call girl and so yes Raymond is a pimp essentially and Savannah is a madam essentially and is like helping him out as well mm-hmm. but she's a call girl and not only is she pimping herself out but she's getting other little baby pimps that they're sex that they're sex trafficking and they're trying to get her to help um now in terms of the brother setting him up I don't know. Um, yeah. And this is just me airing on the side of what the brother said. Um, the brother said that they were essentially estranged and that they never even really grew up together. Um, and actually, I'm going to share my screen with you again so I could show you like a little clip of what the brother was saying um, on No Jumper. But it was it was interesting to me because I was like, was y'all kicking it? You know, or like, did, is it because you and your brother were estranged and y'all had beef that now you're trying to like, when you got paranoid, you think that he's setting you up? Like, I don't know. So I'm just going to play this for you really quick. I'm just trying to picture what this must have been like for you that you're sitting in prison or in jail and all of a sudden you just hear it in the news that your brother is in a very crazy situation. What was that like finding out? I was like, I was like, I was already in a fucking mindset. So I was already like, 
I didn't want to hear nothing or I didn't want to, I was trying to worry about myself. But when I came home, I'm like, damn, it's fucked up. It's a fucked up situation, but it's definitely something you got to look at. Like people ain't all there. Like everybody got, everybody, mental health is big. You feel me? That shit huge. Right. Shit wrong with people that they don't know about, that people don't point out or whatever. Uh, it's like, it's fucked up, especially for the family and shit too. You feel me? Right. That's what I really thought about. Like, goddamn. That shit fucked up for real. Like, but so that's that's your brother. Like yeah. you really grew up in the same house. Yeah, oh, man, not really though. Like he did a lot of time too. Why hey, six years? I grew up more at home with my mom and my little brother. Uh -huh. But I never really, we never really kick it all the time like that. We was two different people. Right. But I just always stuck to my program as a, the person that I am. I try to help my family and shit. But I don't. I'll, I'll be doing my shit. Right. Uh, I came home and was like, God damn, this shit is crazy. Right. So, like, you, your rap career and his rap career are totally separate. Like, y'all weren't no, really I've fucking with music, each other like that? I've done oh, music okay. for him before and shit, but it's like, I do my own shit, though. You feel me? Like, I, I still did my own shit. Like I said, I try to look out here and there, but. Right. It's really, it's really, it's really fucked up for the families involved. You feel me more than anything I can say. Right, because one thing that I didn't realize when I first saw the video, and for the record, I don't know how many people need this explained, but basically, the video came out of his brother. So yeah, that from what you can see, his brother saying, it seems like they're definitely a little estranged. Mm -hmm. Seems and like they just didn't have a connection. Like estranged to me is like. You know, they had a falling out, like they're related, but they don't speak. It seems like he mm -hmm. literally was trying to say, like, I didn't grow up with him. He was in and out of jail as well. And he spent time with his older brother. And after doing some research, I don't know how old Marcus is, but um, Raymond was the oldest. So yeah. he was he was the oldest. Then it was Marcus. Then it was Antoine. So um, mm -hmm. and Marcus right now is 26 years old. So, okay, when so this they're not, yeah, they're like not that 20. far off. Yeah, they're not 24. that far off in age, but it just seems like, okay, he was in and out of jail. He was on his own shit, mm -hmm. and I wanted to be at home trying to take care of the family. And out of all of them, I would say Marcus is the most sane because he didn't kill nobody. So yeah. I would take his word as bond. And, you know, I feel like those developmental years, and you can speak to this too because you have siblings who are, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of age difference from you. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, if they're like five years apart and that's basically what this is, they're like five to six years apart. That's a, a pivotal age. Like it, mm -hmm. if he was 13 when he basic or 14, when he got locked up, that means that Marcus was only like, what? Seven, seven, eight, seven. Or and then when he first got locked up. Yeah. And then when, by the eight, time he got out, he, he was almost a grown man. Like, yeah. By that time, you're a teenager. You're making your own decisions. You're doing what you want to do. You already have your mind made up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I, I, now that I'm looking at the age difference, I'm like, oh yeah, they they really didn't have like that type of bond. I feel like that's something you have to intentionally do. Like, I'm thinking about me and Ashley. Even like when when Ashley went to college, I was 13, and honestly, I don't think if I didn't move to Atlanta and like live in Atlanta at the same time as her for eight years. I think we would still be sisters and we'd be cool, but like we wouldn't be as tight as we were because that was such a pivotal age for me where you're like growing into your own and becoming your own person that it's like, if you're not around, then it's kind of like whatever, you know? Well, him and Antoine not having a relationship makes sense. I think we're, we're uh, miscalculating the numbers a little bit because if, wait, so if, and Marcus is 26 now, that means um, 
Raymond is around 30, 31. So they're about like four, four or five different years, you know, four or five years yeah, apart. Like five years apart. So, yeah. So if he did those crimes when he was, Raymond did those crimes when he was 13, um, Raymond was around, what, nine, maybe? Still yeah, young enough. Like, yeah, still young enough. Where he was probably, he probably was um, cognizant of what's going on. I say this because I'm thinking about my six-year-old nephew who has said something on FaceTime the other day about some me and my sister were talking about like a week or two ago. And it was like, why are you retaining that information? Like, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything else but being sponges. So it, I feel like it's twofold. Like, they could have been, they could have really grew apart because he was young, but he also knew so much about what was going on. Because once Raymond left, Marcus became the oldest. Like, he became the mm-hmm. top, top dog in the house. And they're not speaking much of um, having a father around. So it seems like just their mother was around. Um, but Antoine, yeah, Antoine and Raymond, I would have assumed that they were so far gone. But going back to when Antoine was arrested, he was at a party with his brother. He was at a party yeah. with Raymond, and they were the oldest and the youngest. But there is no talk of Marcus being at that party. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's all interesting. Like, they're, they're different connections. But, yeah, I similarly to me, like, my oldest sister, was she graduated high school before I was born. Like she graduated, I had to be graduated from high school May June of ninety three. I was born in August. So yeah. like she literally lived an entire life, and and a couple before lives before I was even year. born. Like before, yeah. So I couldn't imagine, but yeah. Okay, all right. So I'll tell you quickly about the court case. I know you said you already kind of looked it up, but yeah. Um, Raymond is currently facing two counts of murder. And being a felon in possession of a firearm, and he's also faced with charges of domestic violence, as well as making terroristic threats. Um, so I'm assuming that is from some of the stuff that he was saying while he was on Instagram Live. So he pled not guilty to all charges um, when he finally did make it to court. But excuse me, it took him a few months to make it to court because kind of like our last episode, they had that that thing of mental competency and trying to see if he was, you know, mm. um, legally insane or or what the case was. So they did a, te- um, a few tests and evaluations, but they found that he actually was, in fact, competent enough for trial. But because this happened kind of in the height of COVID and stuff, um, his case in the trial kept getting pushed back, 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 back and back. And then also his attorneys have stalled it out in a sense to whereby they're like, no, he's not mentally competent to stand trial. Mm -hmm. So they've been doing a lot of back and forth um, in that particular realm. So um, under California law, it states that um, a defendant whose mental competency is doubtful cannot be tried. However, once mental competency can be restored, the defendant can face more legal proceedings, including a jury trial. So um, once they kind of get that underway, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be, they'll be good to go. So, um, as of now, Raymond is still in the Stanton Correctional Facility um, in Fairfield, California, and he's being held without bail. So um, he's been seen in court a lot of times, but again, the bail has not started at all. Um, and it's been kind of like hush-hush and all over the place. So the last time that he actually appeared in court to the records that I could find was mm-hmm. in August of 2022. And he was supposed to go back in November of 2022, but I could not find any record of that actually happening. So I'm assuming that that court that court date probably also got pushed back as well. Yeah, um, it seems like it's continuously getting pushed back. Yep. Um, the last I think of it is is November 16th um, in Fairfield as well, but it doesn't say if that ever happened. Yeah, and so I'm like, 
it, since they didn't say it didn't happen, I'm assuming it didn't happen. Like it was one particular um, source, um, the reporter, and um, they had like a lot, a lot of information about him. And like, it wasn't like, uh, I don't want to say a lot of information, but every time he was going to court, they, they produced an article and their last one said that he was supposed to go in November and I didn't see anything else after that. So I'm assuming it, it, it still is getting pushed back. Um, but again, if he is convicted, then Raymond could possibly, you know, serve life without the possibility of, par- of parole or the death penalty. So, you know, he can also, you know, be put on death row and die in jail. So, um, or in prison, should I say. So this is an ongoing case, y'all. This is something that we, you know, shared our theories about, but um, would love to hear your theories because it's it's still happening in real time. So this is something that also we'll be following back up on um, later on as the case unfolds to kind of give you guys more um, more details and more information. Because at this point now there's buy-in because I want to know what's going to happen. And I, I think we're all confused as to what the motive was here. Like, did he, was he really set up? Is he paranoid? Was he in his right mind? Did he kill these women and think that they were setting them up, but they really weren't? Why was that 15 year old there? You know, like there's so many questions that I still have that I'm sure you still have, Mish. Um, but before we wrap this up, do you have anything else that you would like to add? No, that was good. That was it. Okay. Um, so again, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at TPNR, TPONR podcast, as well as Instagram on the point of no return pod. Um, we are going to be here every single Monday, drop it episodes. And of course, streaming on your favorite platforms like Apple podcasts, um, Amazon music, Spotify, and all of those great ones. And then of course you can also follow us personally on Instagram. If you want to, um, my name is Amanda Washington. Also it's Mandy time. And I'm Miss Shalay Graham, and you can find me at G on socials. And that is another episode of The Point of No Return. Join us at the same place, same time next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.